0: Welcome to the New Yorker Cartoon Caption Contest Podcast. I am Ben Coker. With me is Beth Lawler and Paul Mesha. And on part two of today's episode, we have an interview with Liza Donnelly. Very uh, fascinating interview with Liza Donnelly. Stay tuned in part two for that. Before that, let's jump into the winner of contest 793, the polar bear in a supermarket cartoon. Uh, The winner was... I don't think any real surprise. No bag, just toss it in the air. It's how I figured it would play out. Um, I think it was the most obvious caption of the three, but also probably the best. Um, I usually don't really like the m- more obvious ones, but in this case, I think we all agreed it was probably the best of the three.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree
0: 100%. And it's also the one that the cartoonists liked the best. We had uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Seth Robert. No, Seth and uh, Brian Hawes is on it's mm-hmm. the one they like the best as well. So, no real surprise here.
1: Yeah, and pretty similar to their original caption.
0: Yeah, and their original caption was, I think, mm-hmm. "No bag, I'll just mouth it." Yep. Uh, this is actually better than that, right? Yeah, it was better than mouthing it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which I think they agreed with. So I don't. I don't think yeah. I'm a <laughs> yeah, term to mouth something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we discussed that with them last week, so we don't have to go into too much detail on this one. How about finalists of Contest 795? The finalists were from the gentleman at the bar. Shall I serve your husband first, madam? And I believe you're familiar with tonight's entree. I'll open with some thoughts just on from the gentleman at the bar, because, yeah, I I have to wonder – They initially chose, it's from the gentleman at the bar, noticed my name and didn't want a two week in a row finalist, which sounds like a uh, braggadocious thing to say. And I only say it because from the gentleman at the bar is ranked like 500 and they have Mm -hmm. never gone that low. They've gone that low once in the history Mm -hmm. of them tracking the data, right? They have never gone, they've gone below 400 one time before this, right? It just seem too strange that they passed over it's from the gentleman at the bar
1: mm-hmm. to go
0: for from the gentleman at the bar yeah yeah having that said is- that if they did do that i actually would agree with that decision in other words just two similar identical captions if i ran the contest i would choose the person who was not a finalist before uh, so if they did that i tend to think it's the right thing to do
3: mm-hmm. uh very generous of you again.
1: That is very generous. Uh, what do you, generous do, you, do you disagree?
3: <laughs> no, I, I really don't disagree, but I'd be very disappointed that somebody else had a very similar caption and mm-hmm. that's why I missed out. Yeah. You know, it is, it is a nice thing to do, but it's kind of like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at
0: the same time, you have to be self-aware enough to know that mine was much higher than his, just by luck. It's from the gentleman at the bar isn't much better than from the gentleman at the bar. Mm-hmm. Personally, I actually think it's a little better. I do like the way I worded it better
2: but mm-hmm.
0: it's the same exact caption. Uh, the fact that I was number, whatever I was, 40, and he was number 500 is mm-hmm. largely just luck on my part. Yeah, My cat did. So, uh, but what are your thoughts? Do you think that that's what happens? Because it's, it's it's. It, I hate to say that because it sounds mm-hmm. like a bragging thing to say, but it's mm-hmm. hard for me not to believe that. Oh,
3: I, yeah. I have to agree with you, John. It's just, they had to do a word search, a keyword search to find another one to go that far up to 500,
2: mm-hmm. they're not
3: looking through each individual caption for 500 captions to try to right. find something. It's a keyword search. And then that means they, they liked it, but they didn't like the name that was attached to it. Again, I, it's, it taught me not to think that that's what
0: happened. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were next to each other, I can get it, but th- I just never seen them go that low in crowdsourcing.
1: Were uh, there others but- in between yours and that one that were, just like it
2: yeah but, but
1: words longer
3: as, you know longer
1: not. yeah
3: mm-hmm. you know not yeah. as well worded i guess i should say you know right
1: i i agree i i would imagine that that's what happened also
3: it, the i mean other I've, seen,
1: I I've seen i've seen like... people be i've seen people be finalists within a month of of uh, being a finalist uh, our
3: co-host i think
1: yeah the... where, where, where was yours within a month paul
3: yeah, I it think was, the last right? two were within a month of each other. They're within, yeah. I think, three or four weeks. So, mm-hmm.
1: but yeah. maybe two weeks in a row is just too much.
0: Well, and there might not have been a similar <laughs> enough caption. Two polls, right? Right. Whereas, if, if I was the only one, they might have said, "Fine, I don't yeah. mind." But,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Like, why do we have to choose him again if there's the same caption from somebody else? Right. Right. Um, the other thought on that is. The listeners may not know, but um, they post, they started posting this data Monday and then they repost it later in the week. When it was posted on Monday from the gentleman at the bar, was like in the 4000s. Hmm. So it does seem that when they find, it, we got to get the crowdsourcing guys, maybe reach out to yeah. them again. Because it seems like lately when they find a joke they like, they promote the similar ones. It's mm-hmm. the same thing happened to when I was a finalist. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, they just want to settle. I was all the well, way down in like 3000 and then the next day all of a sudden I'm in the top.
1: It it definitely seems that way, but I remember asking them that question said, specifically yeah. and they said no, they don't do it.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But, and I wonder then
0: I wonder if the New Yorker is without them knowing mm-hmm. I how much control the New Yorker has.
1: I don't know. I it do, does seem
0: think... like similar jokes are being promoted.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I go through crowdsourcing, I'll see definite themes bubble up all at once. You know,
3: maybe it's just the case people like that theme. And when they come Mm -hmm. across it, they vote funny. You know, they just like that theme. And eventually all of them bubble up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's a mystery. It's still a mystery.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it.
3: Uh, All right. Well, with that aside,
0: Paul, what's your take on on these finalists?
2: Uh,
3: they're good for the uh, for the uh, cartoon. Uh, I don't mind these. Uh, th- they are well worded. You know, uh, let's see. From the gentleman at the bar, "Shall I serve your husband first, madam? Uh, I believe you're familiar with tonight's entree." You know, they, they don't hit it out of the park for me, but they're all good. You know, I I like them. I I, I don't mind these captions. Um, yeah it's I'd probably go with that first one still from the gentleman at the bar that would be my favorite one the other two are are good yeah I I uh I do think from the gentleman at the
0: bar will be the winner um uh Beth's favorite which she mentioned before the finalists where their dinner is severed which I think is really good Mm -hmm. didn't make it close to the top uh I was surprised that was not a finalist just given how short it is
2: Mm -hmm. and how an
0: example of a good pun yeah Uh, i'm pretty sure when i saw it in the top of crowdsourcing that would be a finalist
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean i'm okay with these finalists i i already voted for for the top one um the from the gentleman at the bar but any one of them are decent
2: yeah
1: i don't really have any complaints about any of them
3: i agree Oh, that was boring
1: yeah <laughs> i know it's like no they read oh yeah, we,
3: decent we, captions
1: we like wow. them all <laughs>
3: yeah. well, darn it they can't do that to us we have to we have to complain here that's what we do I crit- my
0: critique is i would have chosen dinner is severed would have been one of my uh yeah one of my top three you know
3: it's yeah it, that probably wouldn't have been mine just because i i have a, a version to puns you know for myself and for other people so you know, these, these don't have puns. So it's, it's a pun free contest. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh,
1: yeah, that's unusual won. lately too. Yeah, usually one. Mm-hmm. But there were, there were some, there was a funny one in the Facebook group. I think I may, might, might've ma- mentioned it last week. The it's a special blend of herb and spices. I thought that was funny too.
0: And I saw that that probably mm-hmm. ended up pretty high two Oh three. So
1: Yeah, so that's pretty good. That's good. And then there was one in the Facebook group that I thought was really funny, but the person who wrote it told me that she didn't submit it. It was at least you didn't kill him slowly with years of nagging and passive aggressive comments.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. That one is funny. That, I think that, is that's a, that is a so New Yorker funny. cartoon caption.
1: That is so funny. I really wish she, she submitted that yeah, one.
3: yeah She would have done well with that one because I would have <laughs> voted the heck out of that one.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, it
0: reminds me, there was a bunch with him dying with a smile on his face that I thought were pretty good too. There were a bunch. I don't remember how they were all worded, but that was a theme that I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, why don't we? Talk about this week's contest, contest 797. The woman talking to a knight who's sitting down in a corporate office setting and uh, looks like a familiar cartoon, right? Yes. I think Cameron mm-hmm. Hafiz has drawn similar of these. Yeah. Uh, there's also been several knight cartoons in the past, so I don't know that we're going to be able to get
3: new material out of this, but mm-hmm. Paul... We'll open with you. What, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Uh,
3: I really haven't uh, thought to it on this one. Uh, I saw this pop up late Sunday night. And just because what was happening on late Sunday night, my first thought was <laughs> I'm hosting the Oscars. <laughs> and I think there's going to be a lot of those uh, <laughs> on this contest. That That's definitely going to be the funniest caption.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm torn whether or not I suggest you should
0: submit that.
2: <laughs> I don't
3: want to submit that one. I really don't want to submit it. it, it it's funny, but it's just too topical. And there's—I don't know if they'll choose it for how topical it is, but yeah. I think they might for how good it is. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's, it's something that will trend nicely in the crowd source. Just because. And anyone else so who submits, or, or more, how about uh, people I'm people.
1: writing my Oscar Oscar jokes?
3: <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. he's got a
1: piece of paper in his hand. Yeah,
3: that's 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 a good one too. <laughs> so there's some good variations on that one. Mm-hmm. You know. It's, it's, I would just go what you said. I'm hosting the Oscars. I'm mm-hmm.
0: not going to just because so. I don't know if
3: they'll choose it. I don't know if Listen, they'll go. Listeners out there, go with the Oscar <laughs> joke. Do it. <laughs> I'm not entering it.
0: I wonder if they choose it. I, I think that's going to be the best joke that this that
3: that this cartoon has.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: it's just you know surfing discs, uh, whatever that word is that it, this cartoon popped up. Yeah, that one.
2: <laughs>
3: very topical. Uh, so it yeah, really it just popped like up nice. within hours after that happened you know mm-hmm. it's like yep there it is
1: yeah like that could have been the daily cartoon on Monday Absolutely. you know
0: yeah. I mean it'll just make no sense in six months so I,
3: I'm sure oh, they no. that's that's why I don't do those ones that have a shelf life I, I do not like uh, you know something that's going to drop off after a, a month
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: so anyways I went on from there and of course I went with the uh, Monty Python reference of just saying me nee.
2: <laughs> I, don't get. Yeah, yeah, I, I,
1: I kept thinking of tis but a nothing but a scratch or it's, something it, like it's that a like, it's, a, yeah, paper it's a paper cut it's a paper cut paper
3: cut and then uh let's see I hate chain email it's just a bad ton yeah I had chain mail not chain email but I had chain mail thoughts. Mm-hmm. yeah um it no yeah I have to do this every so often it's crusade Friday. Yeah. I
1: like that one. I, I I've
2: know. done
3: it's, it's I've done that to death though. It's like any Friday, it's casual yeah. Friday. It's like it's just been done mm-hmm. to death. Uh and and finally, uh chivalry isn't dead, it just needs coffee. <laughs> I kind of like but there's you, something there. I don't yeah. have it worded right yet, but it's kind of like because she has a cup of coffee in her hand, it's mm-hmm. it's not obvious, but there's coffee involved there. Mm. So something between a night wanting coffee, you know. I don't know. Working on it, it's going to be a Sunday night one for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. How about yeah. you, Beth?
1: Yeah, I'm struggling with this one um, because I-, I can't seem to get, how do you feel about working nights out of oh. my head? And that's terrible yeah. because it, it there's going to be so many night puns that I can't bring myself to submit one, but I also can't get past it in my head. Um.
0: There will be so many, but what I'm learning lately is when there's the obvious themes, people word them so bad Mm
2: -hmm. that sometimes
0: it does make sense to just do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. Some that submit, they they just word it so bad. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have went down that route and did it right because they they were all doing
1: it wrong. Right, right. Yeah, I agree, but you know, part of me is just like, I, I don't know that I could do it when there's going to be so many. And there's also going to be so many round table jokes that,
2: Yeah.
1: you know, yeah.
0: I will be shocked if we get fresh material from this. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it.
1: Yeah. And so the only other thing I came up with, which I'm not going to submit because I don't like it at all, was I slayed in court yesterday. You know, I slayed it, yeah. you know, like I
2: yeah.
1: did great you know, but eh, it's yeah. it's not even good. It's not even good. So I, I need to, um, I need to brainstorm a little bit more on this one. So
0: I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I, uh, I gave, I gave it very quick thoughts. I didn't think too mm-hmm. deeply at all. And the, all the ones that came to my mind were, were the obvious ones. Were well, I'm prepared for a hostile takeover, mm-hmm. which I'm well aware there will be so many hostile takeover yeah. captions. Mm-hmm. Uh, There'll be a million dress for the job you want. Yeah. I know that's going to be very common. Mm-hmm. I don't think it could be worded right, but something along the lines of, I know someone who would love to see you fired. Or I know oh. someone who would love for me to yeah. fire you as mm-hmm. something with firing and a dragon there's something there, but I, yeah. I'm yeah. with you guys. Though. I need to give this uh, a lot of thought to try and come up with something original.
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's
0: just, this is like I don't know, the 10th night, maybe not the 10th, but at least the fifth mm-hmm. caption contest yeah. in New Yorker with a night in it. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know that. I don't know. Right? He had he was riding the bike. Yeah. It's That's just crazy. been a lot of nights. I don't yeah. think there's anything fresh here.
1: There was a night uh, at, a, at a restaurant with a date. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: In, in a dressing yeah. room, like trying mm-hmm. on a, a suit. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's been yeah. done.
1: Mm-hmm. The
3: jouster with the uh, car door on his uh, yeah jousting stick. Yeah, you know.
1: yeah. So many of them.
3: Yeah.
1: So, and this exact background was in uh, another Cameron Heffy's um, cartoon in cartoon stock, but it was a clown sitting at the desk and yeah. a different secretary. Right. Yeah,
3: yeah. And the desk and but, chairs were made out of balloons, if I remember right
1: uh yeah i think you're right yes yes
3: although he did add a little uh detail
0: if you look at the picture in the background it's a castle with the drawbridge down
1: oh yeah look at that oh,
3: yeah i
1: didn't okay. even notice that, that.
3: that's that that's a nice little detail mm-hmm. there
1: that is a nice detail yeah, yeah.
3: that's where oh. he, that's where he grew up to there yeah he's got mm-hmm. some- oh we've had him on he takes pride in his in his art yep.
1: And actually the, the building it's outside the window almost look like castles with oh, yeah. the Wait. little tiny windows.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you look outside I...
1: the office window. It almost looks like that's a, that's a castle out there.
3: Yeah, you're right. That's a nice detail there mm-hmm. that you caught. Yeah. nice. Yeah. I like that. I like when they put that much effort into it.
1: hmm Yeah. And then the, the other guy in the other cubicle, that's an interesting touch. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything that can be done with him as far as a caption, but it's interesting.
3: His, his head's on a pole over there. It's not actually a guy in the cubicle. That's a guy with his head on a pole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it almost looks like he's climbing in through the window.
2: <laughs> like yeah.
1: Peering in through the window. It kind of doesn't look like he's uh, in another cubicle. Yeah. Some kind of peeping Tom or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it sounds like we all uh, need to give this one some thought. It's gonna, it's just going to be hard to come up with something yeah. fresh, original. Yeah.
2: There, what do you is was... going on
0: in this though? It's like right. It's not a job interview. No.
2: Mm-mm.
0: He is holding that piece of paper, which can be construed as a resume. But the fact that she's not sitting down seems pretty yeah.
1: obvious.
2: This
0: is, yeah. This
3: right. He's got talk and everything. You know. That's yeah. the, you know. That's another. That's a coworker.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's talking to a coworker.
3: Yeah, you just have to figure out, you know, what kind of office is this? You know, work that into it somehow because
2: mm-hmm.
3: that's going to be like the, the main point of the joke is what's happening that day at the office. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Maybe he's saying he 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 would get his own coffee, but he can't get up because <laughs> he can't move in that.
2: In that give me a oil can. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: I can't get up. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Unfortunately, I suspect Hostile Takeover will be a, mm-hmm. a finalist. I just think it will. I'm not yeah. going to go that route. I really want to try and find something yeah. original here.
1: Yeah. But there if was I have
0: one, that's going to be a finalist.
1: There was one really original one that I loved in the Facebook group that I was just like, oh my God, I wish I thought of that. Um, it was my pronouns are thee and thou.
3: i usually don't go for those i I usually don't like those but that's a good one i I like that one
1: it's a good one because it's like you know the old english yes oh my god so yeah i really like that one but i i'm just drawing a blank it's terrible it may be a five minute before the deadline entry for me
0: oh it's definitely going to be that for me i'm Mm -hmm. i i don't even really plan on thinking about it until
3: saturday morning yeah yeah, I haven't done one of those for a while, so I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that last minute deadline is just, you know, it's like that adrenaline rush, you know, at about
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, yeah. an hour before it ends. It's like, oh, oh something. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's do or die.
0: <laughs> yeah. right, well, I look forward to seeing what you come up with. Uh, <laughs> share mine when I when I eventually submit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. With that, why don't we jump into our interview with Liza Donnelly? So stay tuned for that. And we'll be right back with Liza
4: Donnelly. Hi. Hi. Hey,
3: hey how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Glad
4: Thank you, you, know. you. Thank you for having me.
3: Yes.
0: Much appreciated.
4: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Heard about you guys for, for a while now.
0: Uh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah well we had uh michael maslin on um not mm-hmm. long ago mm-hmm. now we are glad to have you on thank you um if you don't mind we just like to typically start with a uh beef background of a uh, what got you into cartooning and uh
4: mm-hmm. break well when i was a kid uh i was always drawing apparently but then around age seven my mother gave me a book of cartoons by James Thurber and I started tracing his cartoons and that made her smile and I was hooked. Um, and, you know, around the same time I was also a huge fan of Charles Schultz's uh, Peanuts but um, my parents had the New Yorker around the house and I was, I was sort of aware of it from early on but I just liked making people smile. So, and I was really shy, oh. so it was a way to communicate without having to say anything. <laughs> or also, people would leave me alone because I was drawing.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Why did you realize it could actually be a profession?
4: It sort of slowly became a possibility um, when I was a uh, young adult in New York. I, I moved to New York after college and got a job at in the art department at the American Museum of Natural History. And so I had a job, a good job. I liked that job, but I really wanted to be a cartoonist. And I sold to the New Yorker a um, couple years after college. And uh, I didn't think I could make a living at it yet, but I was I had hope. And so I started um, selling to other magazines and doing illustration jobs and eventually quit my job. So it was around, it took, took, took several years to, to fully realize that, that it was possible.
0: What is an art department in the Museum of Natural History?
4: <laughs> that was really interesting. It was, my other love was biology when I was went to, to college. So it was a perfect fit for me, but it was, I really loved cartooning. Um, the art department, we were actually, our title, the people who were artists in the art department were called exhibition preparators. So we would do whatever needed to be done to prepare exhibits. So that meant um, silk screening sometimes. they That's back when they, use Mm -hmm. silkscreen for the labels and uh, painting. Um, I I painted a Tibetan balcony. I designed it and painted it. I I did some little figurines of Genghis Khan's ancestors. I did a drawing of a snake for the reptile hall. Um, And, and, and I painted a Bufo Marinus. Somebody had made a model of a Bufo Marinus toad and I painted it to look, make it look real. So it was a very job. It was a good job. And it was a city job. So there were benefits, but I, you know,
0: it was a hard to leave.
4: Yeah, It was, but I really wanted to be a cartoonist.
0: So you were submitting to the New Yorker while you were in college or you waited till, uh, till you got out.
4: I did once when I was in college, um, because I, um, I ended up being an art major in college and I was doing cartoons at the time, but it just so happened that my grandmother was friends with a, a writer for the New Yorker. Um, Andy Logan was, was her name. And, um, I, I got her address from my grandmother and I, I wrote her and I t- wrote Andy. And I, I said, would you be willing to show my cartoons to the art editor? And she said, um, she wrote back a very nice letter. And I got to know her later um, after I started selling. But back then she said, um, she said, of course, I'll, I'll pass them along to Lee Lorenz. Um, I, I've often asked him why there aren't more women cartoonists. And did he know why that was? And anyway, she said, he's always looking for new talent. So um, I sent my work t- to her and then she showed it to him and I didn't sell, of course, but and I don't, I don't know that he wrote me a letter, but he, he must, he must have, but I don't ha- I have Andy's letter, but I don't have his uh, or his note, but um, it's very nice of her to do that.
0: Yeah. That's a great, uh, yeah. a great way. <laughs> in. Um, if you know, well, I didn't get in, I didn't on get right in now.
4: until on, later on my own, but well, just kind of a
0: way to even figure out how to submit. Right. I guess when you're so young and uh, looking up to the New Yorker, you really don't even know the way to begin. Right? Like Is how right. do I even send the cartoon?
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then, uh, how long of sending did it take to uh eventually get in?
4: Um, it was about two years of I don't know if I was submitting every week, but I was trying to. I did take a class at Parsons School of Design a night class uh, that was taught by Mort Gerberg to try to help focus my drawings a little bit, and that's I think that's where I learned how you regularly submit. You know the you go down to the magazine and drop you off your envelope and then pick it up the next week. I think that's how I learned how to do that.
0: Do you remember the first one you sold?
4: Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a very strange cartoon too. It's hard to describe, but um, at least I sold, I was really excited. And then they didn't buy another one. I don't remember the exact dates. I should look that up. It took a while to sell another one. And then they didn't print one. I sold in 1979. They didn't print one. They, in fact, printed the second one first until 1982. So it was a wow. long couple wow. years of, you know, telling people, yes, I'd sold to the New Yorker, but not seeing the proof. So Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer, especially if the first, at least the first one is one that you want in there immediately. Yeah. Now you don't mind waiting, but for that first one, that's a lot. Yeah.
4: Year. Yeah.
0: So you sold, I imagine it was, to Lee Lorenz?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have any idea how many female cartoonists were published in the New Yorker at that time?
4: At that time, there were four of us. Wow. So, um, Narit Carlin, who was an Israeli artist, cartoonist, who, um, who I became friends with. She, um, Lee bought her work in 1974, I believe. And um, and then Roz, in 1978, I may have the dates wrong, but I think that's right. And then I sold in '79. And there was another cartoonist named raz Zanengo, who I think sold around '78 or '79, but I um, I should check my book because <laughs> so, I wrote about her. Um, but she didn't stay very long. She 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 left. Uh, she she didn't stick around for some reason.
0: Did that discourage you at all, or did that make you kind of want to pursue it even harder?
4: I think it was being, you mean there being so few women? Yeah. Well, I already knew that. I think I knew not, I didn't really think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a feminist. I still am, but I didn't really think about gender.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I just wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, and I didn't actually know how many were publishing in the seventies. I just didn't know. And I didn't know NER was a woman. Cause it's a, to, to Americans, it's a, it's an unusual name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, it didn't discourage me. <laughs> it might've, when I heard uh, Andy Logan say that to me about maybe, you know, they're, why are there, they why are they not more women cartoonists that she asked Lee? Um, I think it made me kind of excited that maybe I, maybe I had a fighting chance. Maybe, you know, my, my uh, competitive urge got, got me going. I think.
0: Do you have a feel for that answer of why, um, for a, at least a very long time and still largely today, there are not more female cartoonists.
4: I do. I mean, I have there's a lot. I've, I've, I've thought about it a lot because I wrote write about it in my book, um, funny ladies and very funny ladies, the two editions of my book. Um, it's, so it's a complicated answer. There's, uh, because there were women drawing cartoons for the magazine in the twenties. Uh, there were eight or so uh, over the twenties and thirties. And um, I just think women have not been encouraged to be funny, or it's always, it's sort of the cultural idea that it's a man's job until recently that women didn't go into it. I think in other, other cartoon fields like animation and like those illustration houses they used to have in the fifties, women were not even let in. So there Mm -hmm. was a more of a barrier for those branches of cartooning. I think the New Yorker, I don't think was like that at all? They they didn't say no. You're a woman. You can't do this. But I think the cultural um, tendency was for women to think, well, that that's just not what we do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the 20s and 30s, the women were more likely to illustrate the cartoons. Possibly, than, yeah. Right.
4: Well, they were more in an illustration, and there were some mm-hmm. women comics artists, but they tended to do comic strips about women's things whatever that is you know clothing and babies and cooking mm-hmm. and stuff like that but the women in the cartoons of the new yorker did more subjects did more cartoons about other mm-hmm. things yeah. so
0: it sounds like um you do you feel generally there weren't as many women because women just weren't submitting more so than the fact that the new yorker wasn't accepting women as readily as they were men
4: we'll never know will we we won't i mean i can't <laughs>
0: We we won't inter- kind of, my theory has always been we kind of can, just in that when a cartoon comes in, you don't really know if it's a male or a female. You either like mm-hmm. the cartoon or you don't, or mm-hmm. you don't know the gender of the cartoonist. That's true. But it would be hard to kind of uh select against women in the cartoon field specifically.
4: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. many times women don't use sign with their last name. Mm-hmm. Um I asked Lee Lorenz when I wrote my first edition of Funny Ladies uh, in, in the 1990s uh, to early 2000s, I got to interview him. And uh, I said to him, Did you, were you looking for women cartoonists? Because there had been a dry spell before he became cartoon editor. There were no women cartoonists in the 60s at the New Yorker. And I so but yet when he, when he became editor, he brought in Nurit Carlin and Roz Chast and then myself and, and Nurit Zanango. And then other women. He brought in, you know, Roz. I'm sorry, um, Victoria Roberts. He brought in more, even more women in, in the uh, 80s. Uh, I asked him, "Were you looking for? Were you looking for women cartoonists?" And he said, "No, I was just looking for different ways to express humor." Um, and I thought that was a really interesting answer because if you, I'm not saying that women draw alike, but sometimes if you look for a different way to approach humor, you might get diversity. You, you, you might open the door for diversity. Cause I think the cartoons in the New Yorker is, I'm generalizing here. The cartoons of the New Yorker in the fifties and sixties were very of a kind, you know, Saul Steinberg accepted. He was, he was quite different, but um, they were gag cartoons and they're gag writers, you know, pretty much of a kind of cartoon. And then, so when Lee was opening up the, the doors or opening up the nuts, not, not the right word the standards for what's good or what can be funny in Walks Ra's chast and her work is so different right mm-hmm. so and Carla and her work was a bit different too and my work was a bit a bit different as well when it, when I first started so I thought that was interesting. So you don't know somebody's gender and you and you you don't you can't see it necessarily but sometimes it is slightly different. Mm.
1: And at that same period of time, um, there was kind of a boom in women in comedy on television. So I'm wondering if that's related, you know, like on SNL, you had Gil- Gilda Radner and Jane Curtin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then you had Mary Tyler Moore and Carol Burnett coming through, you know, around that time period, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that coincided.
4: Um, you've got two different Decades going there, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. Well, seventies. There were 70. always, yeah. When I was growing up, I loved watching uh, Laugh In, and um, mm-hmm. you had some funny, pretty funny comedians there, and and I was mm-hmm. aware of Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. There was always going to be stars like that. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. There was, in the in the I write about this in the book when there when the two thousands started happening, there were more women creating comedy, and like you mm-hmm. said, SNL had those great comedians um when they started and then mm-hmm. and then Tina Fey was head, head writer I forget mm-hmm. the years it's in my book <laughs> um and then and then um so we had we was getting more and more women women humorists
2: mm-hmm.
4: coming out and I think maybe the internet helped with that and then mm-hmm. uh, um another thing I was going to say oh bridesmaids you know the movie bridesmaids mm-hmm. I like to cite that movie as like a turning point for women in, in film, comp- mm-hmm. women, humorous in film, because it was, I, I mistakenly say in the book that it's an all female cast. It's not because it, mm-hmm. there are some, some great ma- male actors in the movie, but they're mostly women that star in that film. And it became yeah. a huge hit, made a lot of money. And finally, um, the powers that be thought, well, women can make money for the mm-hmm. studios with humor. So in, 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 in large quantities, not just Lucille Ball or, or Carol Burnett, who were successful on their own. But, mm-hmm.
0: In general, do you think that should be a job of a New Yorker editor to find women to, to be, I mean, maybe encourage them to draw, but do you think it should be a goal to specifically look for female cartoonists as opposed to just good cartoons? And then you would think females will just be in that pack
4: that's a good question. I, um, I think a cartoon editor has to be on the lookout for a variety of people to publish and, you know, diversity, whether it's gender or race, you can't just sort of wait and let it happen always, you know, you have to, to work at it to make it, make things different. You have to sort of make a lot of effort to look for not, you know, and, and, Make it make it welcoming to people of different of difference, whether it's gender or or, or race or or whatever. Um, because I know that when I was I, I wrote Funny Ladies in in two thousand five, and then I wrote a follow up book called Sex and Sensibility, which was ten women cartoonists drawing and writing about love and sex, and there were a couple of editorial cartoonists in there as well. Um, and then, and then I I went I went to the New Yorker one day. I was in the offices, and this young woman—I don't remember who it was. I wish I do. Wish I did. Um, and she told me that she when she saw my book, she thought, "Oh, I can do this. This is great." So I think if you know that old phrase, and I I don't remember who said it. If she can be it, if she can see it, she can be it. So seeing other people like you doing something makes you think maybe I can do that. So mm.
2: yeah,
3: okay. it has been a. <clears throat> Me, had been proactive about looking for a variety of uh, viewpoints you know mm-hmm. she's you know from the cartoonists we've uh, had on the podcast they have said that emma has actually you know contacted them they had not gone to the new yorker it was emma
4: mm-hmm.
3: contacted mm-hmm. them which is i think is amazing that she's doing that
4: that's true yeah mm-hmm. that is good hmm.
3: yeah mm-hmm. i mean
0: i wonder if it's more of a thought of how frequently they should rotate editors right in mm-hmm. other words it's just possible, you know, I think Bob was the cartoon editor for a very, very long time. I don't know how long, but he was cartoon editor for a very long time. And I wonder if just that alone keeps out a certain type of cartoonist. Cause obviously he has his sense of humor mm. and uh, some cat, he just might, in other words, it might be a good idea to just rotate the editor every three years. I don't think I want to do that, but just to get kind of different voices in the magazine, in uh. other words, in other words, instead of looking for different voices, if you hire a new, uh, if you have different types of editors, you'll you'll in theory get different types of cartoons as opposed to looking for
4: cartoonists. That's an interesting idea. You know, the New Yorker did have guest editors, not cartoon editors, but guest editors uh, in the eighties and nineties, and uh, I don't know what the. I think the the motivation behind that was just attention to get people to pay attention to the new yorker it was under tina brown so i think they were trying to stir up attention by doing that but that's i don't know yeah, I don't if that don't know Sorry. happened sorry right? yeah huh? I
0: suspect it will never happen i just wonder <laughs> if that is a better idea to get different types of comedy in the magazine as opposed mm-hmm. to just l- looking for specific cartoonists where i think mm-hmm. the goal should just be sending cartoons and i'll pick the funniest ones Mm-hmm. whoever they are, they are, but I'm just going to pick the funniest cartoons regardless of uh, whether it's male, mm-hmm. female.
4: It's and funny because they, they, they have a, they do have a brand. They have to pay attention to. And I know Emma has said, you know, she's encouraging young new cartoonists not to, to draw in a manner that they think is a New Yorker cartoon. So she's trying to make them draw the way they want to draw not try to mimic something that they think they're supposed to do. But um, the New Yorker does have a brand that they're trying to maintain. So there's that. Yeah.
1: Do you you think there are topics that are harder for women to address in cartoons than than men? Like, do you think it's harder for you as a woman to to, um, submit comics, you know, about sex and relationships or, you know, that will come off differently from a woman than a man?
4: No, I don't think
0: so. No. And again, that's where I say I don't Mm. think that's relevant in cartooning. That might be relevant in comedy, but in Mm -hmm. cartooning, I think the average reader, I mean, us fans see a Liza Donnelly cartoon and know who it is, but I think the average reader may just see a cartoon and think this is a cartoon. I don't know who drew this male Mm -hmm. or female. So I I don't think the content is relevant in the specific niche of cartooning, but but, uh, it, it does seem to be the case that women submit less fewer cartoons i mean it seems that's even the case in the contest uh the caption contest i know far fewer women submit than men but um well but, study, Bob i mean they, they
4: just they buy the they buy the cartoons from the cartoonists who are submitting not you don't submit for the cartoon caption contest i mean some no, people, no, no,
0: I, I, I mean submitters like us who submit to the caption contest
4: oh i see the answers oh, I, i'm sorry yeah
0: the far majority of people oh, that's interesting submit. i
4: didn't know that is that true
0: Hmm. Yeah, but interestingly enough, women uh, have a higher hit ratio. So much, I think it's only about 20% of those people who submit are women. That's
4: interesting.
0: That's interesting. But uh, in percentages, women win at a higher percentage than men. So That's
4: interesting. So, I didn't know that. Hmm. Girl power. I have to think about, I have to think about that. I wonder why that is.
3: I don't know. I didn't know that. That's that <laughs> news to me too.
4: Bob put out that study
0: um a while ago. I,
1: I
4: remember. Yeah,
1: I remember. I,
0: I, I'll dig it up and send it.
4: Um, well, it might be different now. If that was a while ago, maybe it's changed. Mm-hmm. Bob. Yeah, it Bob changed.
0: Yeah, it
2: Yeah. A
0: while ago. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you've been through three editors now, right? Lee Lorenz, then it was Bob, and now Emma.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Did you uh did you notice a shift when it went from Lee to Bob? And actually, a, a different question. Uh, did you know Bob before he became the cartoon editor, just as a yeah, cartoonist?
4: I did, yeah. We were colleagues. He we used were, to come to the lunches sometimes. I would go to lunch with Roz and Jack Siegler and Sam Gross and Mick Stevens, and, and Bob would sometimes come too. Were you surprised
0: fun. when he was named cartoon editor?
4: Yes, at having it happen very fast, if I remember. I mean, everybody knew Lee was getting older, but he was still a good editor. So it was, we weren't, you know, we weren't ready for him to leave yet.
0: <laughs> and um, as far as you know, there was no uh, short shortlist on who was on that shortlist to be editor.
4: I don't, I don't know. Don't have that no really no information.
0: It. And how, how was that transition from Lee to Bob?
4: It was fine for me. It was fine. I mean, I never was a huge seller. In those days, I sold. I don't remember the numbers, but um, you also have to think about the senior editor. It was not just the cartoon editor that makes the difference. It's the mm-hmm. senior? Right. I've, I've been through a lot of senior editors, like William Shawn. I started with him, and his taste was quite different than Bob Gottlieb's or Tina Brown's. But I, I weathered all of them <laughs> um, somehow, and I'm still here.
0: And how about the transition from Bob to Emma? I, I would assume that was a little more dramatic, just in that. They're very different in terms of
4: me mm-hmm. and uh, that was a surprise too. Didn't expect that. It's been fine. Again, uh, very easy going for me. And um, I'm, I'm actually selling more under Emma than, than anybody. Well, Tina, I sold, I sold well under Tina makes you, makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> Two women, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I can't make any, I can't say if that's, there's anything to that, but. Did it, surprise you at all that they chose an editor
0: who is not a cartoonist
4: no because james garrity was not a cartoonist he was the cartoonist. i did not know him but he was the editor before lee and he was a writer
0: uh i did not know that it surprised me that they chose a non-cartoonist uh editor i don't know just because they're yeah some... i
4: mean i think as an artist myself, I'm, I'm inclined to think that, that the editor should be an artist, but it's not unheard of.
2: Hmm.
0: And I know <laughs> she's bring she's bringing in many more uh, female cartoonists now. Right? And, uh, and young cartoonists.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, kinda,
0: I, I just go back to that thought of, should they be looking for certain, certain types of cartoonists? I just wonder if that should be a goal of an editor instead of just, I'm, I'm I'm going to look at 3000 cartoons and choose the best. I'm not going to look for a specific Mm -hmm. type of cartoon.
1: Well, it could just be that certain artists are drawing certain things that they're looking for. You know, I know like, like Lonnie Millsap draws, you know, African-American characters in his cartoons. So they may be looking for that instead mm-hmm. of looking yeah. for a woman who's drawing that that just may, may be like we want to have more african-american characters because i know that was a criticism for a long time that yeah. that there, there weren't even african-american characters in the new yorker cartoons so
4: yeah and, and um, i mean many of us in recent decades do put black people in our, in mm-hmm. our cartoons even though we're not black
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but the difference between, say, me doing that and a drawing by Sarah Akinjirinwa—I mm-hmm. hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly—I I interviewed her for my book. Um, she might bring a perspective, and I think she does, of what it's like to be Black and, mm-hmm. and in her cartoons and mm-hmm. what her experience is. And I—that's something I can't do. Right. So um, that's good. That's a good thing.
1: Right. Similar yeah. to like William Hayfly. I, I, I don't know if that's the way you pronounce it. I think it. that's he- right. Hayfly, yeah. Hayfly mm-hmm. drawing um, homosexual yeah. couples. Yeah. And because he is. Mm-hmm. And so that he brings that perspective to the cartoons. So yeah. that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. So back to the early work. So after you sold uh, the first, it seems like it was not off to the races. No. But I would assume you were a little discouraged having sold it and never seen it. <laughs> But <laughs> you still submitted
4: regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, back then, uh, you got the feeling when you sold one, you were you were kind of being brought into a fold, like like, like being an intern in a way. Luckily, I had a job, so I could still pay my rent. But um, it, it was not I was not discouraged for too long because I'd heard other stories of same thing happening to other people. It's a little more fast now. I think people get bought and then they get bought again and then they get bought again if they, if they keep doing good work and maybe I wasn't that good yet. I don't, um, I, I wasn't probably, <laughs> you know, I needed to develop and I thought, well, I'm, I'm developing, I'm, I'm figuring it out and Lee's giving me time. Um, Cause they, what they would do also, and this is interesting, maybe you don't know this, but you'd go, you go pick up your envelope for those of us who live in the city, you drop your envelope off on the 20th floor with the receptionist, then you come back the next week and pick up your rejects and you look in the envelope and you'll see most of the, or all the drawings returned. And sometimes there might be a little piece of paper, like ripped off of a notepad that says holding one, which meant they were holding one of your cartoons for for a week to, to consider it. And, um, and I would get those occasionally, and then they return the cartoon, not buy it. Or I get a little note from Lee Loren saying, um, keep trying so i was being encouraged just Mm. not bought very often
0: (laughs) i've asked others this and no one has known so i suspect you probably won't but you have any idea where the okay came from when they do want a cartoon they just write okay on it
4: i don't did did, michael didn't know michael maslin didn't know the answer to that no uh no don't know yeah (laughs) he knows everything about the history
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: yes he certainly is a wealth of information. <laughs> uh, one of those things that have lost in the midst of time. It's just, yeah, it's been
4: carried on. Yeah.
0: And how about your style? How long does it take you typically to draw a, uh, an average cartoon?
4: Not very long as you might imagine, although the, the ideas are hard to come by. So right. they take a while, but when I come up with the idea, it doesn't take me long to draw it because my style is so simple. But then, so there's a difference between doing my, my batch um, which I now do on my iPad. I do my sketches on my iPad and send it in that way. Um, and then when I get an okay, um, it takes me a lot longer to draw the finish because I just want to make it perfect. And I want to make it look like I didn't spend much time on it. <laughs> and sometimes that takes a while.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's an art in yeah. of itself to make it look yeah. so free and whimsical when it's uh, a yeah. lot
4: more detailed. And I, that. you know, Thurber's on my mind all the time, trying to draw like Thurber. <laughs> so
0: did your signature change at all over time? Or, or did you always sign the cartoons the same?
4: I think it's changed a little bit, yeah. For a while it was really close together, the letters were really tight. And then I think in the middle of my career, they got further apart. <laughs> and now they're sort of somewhere in, in between.
0: But, did you give a lot of thought of how you were going to sign it, In other words, initials I, or full name?
4: No, I just decided the last name from the beginning. Most mm. people do that. Yeah. I probably practiced it like everybody else. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you practice your signature a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where were you sending to in addition to uh, the New Yorker back then? You had a lot more markets. Were you sending to?
4: Yeah. Baltimore? Yeah. We would make the rounds, we call it. We'd go, as a group, we would go to um, National Lampoon. I saw, actually, I sold to the Lampoon before I sold to the New Yorker. Uh, and then... Um, good Housekeeping and uh, Cosmopolitan. And then there were women's magazines like Working Women and Working Mother and <laughs> uh, Audubon. You didn't go go there, but you drop them all. You, you'd mail them. Audubon Glamour. Um, yeah, I sold to Cosmo, Cosmopolitan quite a bit for some reason.
2: And how about and il-
4: illustration jobs too? Um, so.
0: And how about now? Is it, is it, is it now just a New Yorker?
4: For cartoons for me? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't send anybody else. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I'm trying to think.
0: No, well, no. You, you said for cartoons. Um, what else do you, do you work on in addition to cartoons and obviously, oh, well, and obviously well, the book? <laughs>
4: um, I have a regular illustration clients and I do regular, Uh, live drawing things. We can talk about that if you want, the live drawing. Uh And um, public speaking, I did some teaching for a while. Uh, The books, they don't make a lot of money, but (laughs) I I do them anyway. Um, So the live drawing thing started about six years ago, I, I think. Six or seven years ago, I got an iPad. And I started drawing. It's a great program that I use called called paper and uh, it's very simple very intuitive it looks like an artist palette it's got like brushes and tools at the bottom of the of the screen and then the colors you can change infinitely it doesn't have any dials or gauges or anything like like the other ones do which is what i like about it anyway i started drawing the first time i did this was the state of the union address which is often pretty dull but i love watching it i started drawing what i was seeing on the screen with this rather thick stylus that they they gave me and bold colors and quick drawings. Really, it's like, I'm not a caricaturist, but I was doing these drawings of people I saw on the screen and putting them on, on Twitter immediately, sometimes with a snarky caption, a snarky remark in the tweet, um, but, but not always. And it, it took off. People were really loved it. It was like, I, I realized pretty quickly that this was something that Twitter liked because it was different. It was mm-hmm. bright colored, simple drawings. And um, so ever since then, I've been doing it now. I do it for um, a variety of people on a regular basis, uh, a couple of conferences. Usually they have to do with women's rights because that's what I'm interested in. Um, And they seem to like it because what I do is I'll do the, I'll draw the conference. I'll draw the people attending the conference, the people taking out the trash, the people serving the food, and also the speakers. So, and then tweet them out as I'm going. And that draws attention to whatever it is I'm, attending.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So it gives, it's like publicity for the conference. Yeah. I just did a women, women in data, women in data science conference at Stanford I do every year. Um, and then I did it for CBS news for a while. I was uh, in their green room live drawing the guests and the, and the course, you know, the, the hosts, um, the anchors um, control room. And they sent me to the white house once that was so much fun. Wow. And um the democratic national convention and uh and and um what else the women's march so so then i just wander around and and draw and tweet and and people enjoy it i've been to the oscars i didn't go this year because of covid i think is they they, that's what the reason they gave me but i've been there four years um and people seem to like it as a a way of uh sharing what I'm doing, where, where I am, you know, sharing what's going on in, in yeah. visual. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah, uh, that's so fun. For yeah. you, that sounds like a very fun uh, yeah. thing. To do.
4: And I do it on my own too sometimes. Uh, for, and to, like in, in New York, I'll wander around and sit and draw some people on a park bench or I'll draw on the subway. I draw my phone on the subway. My, the app is on the phone and I use my finger. Just a simple drawing of being on the subway. Um, during the pandemic... I did it uh, every day for my studio. I had the um, a device that held the phone over my hand and I would draw and talk to people on Instagram live about the issue, whatever it was. I wouldn't be creating a cartoon necessarily, but just talking about the pandemic and then talking about Black Lives Matter and then talking about the election as I drew. And um seemed to, to strike a nerve with people. They enjoyed it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's wow, great. That's, yeah, yeah,
4: that's excellent. Thanks. <laughs> do you have
1: particular topics that you like to to draw cartoons for, or you know, any favorite trope or anything like that? Yeah, I
4: do have my 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 particular favorites. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, I I often put children in a sandbox talking. I think that's mm-hmm. my Schultz influence. Not directly, but sort of subconsciously influenced by Charles mm-hmm. Schultz. Putting adult topics in children's mouths is, is a great thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, uh, I do, I seem to do a lot of cave people drawings in the New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I like, oh, I love sabrette stands. I love, I've done a mm-hmm. couple of those for the New Yorker. You can put whatever, whatever on that sign, not mm-hmm. just hot dogs, but whatever. That's fun. <laughs> swings, I like doing swings. New York City scenes. Ever right.
3: do a desert island?
4: I have, but I don't think the New Yorkers bought them. No. Okay. Oh yes, they did one. They bought one. Yeah. Okay. Well,
3: everybody's no, wait, got so that was a ball.
4: that was a desert. I did a desert cartoon for them. Desert. Okay. They have not bought a desert island one from me though. <laughs> Big <laughs> distinction, right?
3: <laughs> water and no water.
4: Right.
0: Several of your caveman cartoons were caption contest cartoons. Mm, uh, I right. know you mentioned you don't remember the caption, so I won't uh, ask about specific. That's cartoons. Right.
4: Mm. But in
0: general, do you uh, do you like the caption contest? Do you like that they do that?
4: I do. It, it took a while for me to get used to it. I, I didn't like it initially.
0: What, what didn't you like about it at, at the outset?
4: It seemed to trivialize what we do seem to, to it seemed to um, I can't think of the right word it seemed to like narrow 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 it down what we do like the picture with a caption but it's not it's much more complicated than that I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. but I'm and um, it's like I, we used to say uh, I know a couple of other cartoonists who also didn't like it in the beginning would you would you put a, a poetry contest on the back of the magazine like um, title this poem or end this poem? I don't think they would. <laughs> Maybe they would, but I've grown to like it because um, it's engaging the readers a lot and they love it. And I think it, it actually gives them an appreciation of what we do. Right. That's so hard to do.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, we, we have heard others say it kind of makes it feel like they're presenting it like anyone else can do it. Um, I, I don't think it does that at all. It's just uh, it turns it into a game. And I, like I, said, I like you said, I think it makes uh, the readers appreciate the cartoons much, much more. Oh, and good. just become, yeah. become much more aware of the cartoonists. Uh, exactly, thank you.
4: Yeah, for... I think you're right. I agree, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I think it's been great. Uh, I don't know, I'm sure it's been good for the magazine, but I certainly think it's been very, very good for cartoonists and just getting mm-hmm. their names out there and getting their cartoons more widely known.
4: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's true.
0: Do, do you follow your cartoons when they're, in, when they're in the caption contest? Are you uh, curious to see what the finalists are going to be?
4: I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I often look, I, I often do see what they are. And and usually the ca- captions are good. So um, the public is is catching on.
0: So I assume you never try and play yourself at all. Try and caption somebody else's uh, cartoon. No.
4: No, I have enough. I have enough work to do. Just try, trying to come up with a batch every week. Like,
0: sure. <laughs> how, how is it being married to a fellow cartoonist? Um, is that helpful? Do you guys bounce ideas? Or at I was going to
4: be funny. I was going to be funny and say, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be married to a non-cartoonist." So I, don't, I can't answer that question. <laughs> but um, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> But for me for me, I mean that, that you know you often hear about people in the same business being married and it doesn't work out because they're competitive or whatever. but I for me, it works really well because it's such a difficult business it's it's great to have somebody to to talk to about it and, that, and they understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. you know they they get it. so that's it's really great. we don't we don't share our cartoons. Michael probably said this if you ask him that question, we don't share our cartoons he did say that. before they're sent off to the editor (laughs) um sometimes we'll share it afterwards but
0: uh i would assume you often have probably similar cartoons in other words if just something happens to both of you in real life you both think oh this will be a great cartoon and since you don't share with each other it's very likely ascending (laughs) very similar cartoons on the same uh situation
4: you'd think that wouldn't you but i it it really isn't doesn't work that way because Neither of us, I mean, I respond to to outward events more than Michael does. Like I will use the culture in my cartoons. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll use words that are being bantered about in the culture uh, or events, but he doesn't really do that. Occasionally he has, but he's just so inner-directed, and his imagination is, is, is everything, you know, that Mm -hmm. we, you know, there's nothing in our daily life that really would be noticeable in his cartoons it may come out in subtle ways that hard to see but
3: yeah you're you're more of an observational cartoonist you know you're i feel like you look around and you just absorb everything well michael it's like he puts things on a stage you know there's he'll take one thing and put another thing on there and it kind of combines and then he'll make something funny out of it so i think that's the difference between you two
4: he's playing too much more than i am he's playing with things on the paper, um, I'm, I'm in awe of his ability to just draw for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> I can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, and his, well, his style allows him to do that. He can draw cartoons very, very quickly, uh, whereas some other cartoonists spend hours just on on one cartoon.
4: That's right. Do you
1: typically come up with your caption first and then draw the picture or do you draw first and then come up with a caption? It's,
4: it's mostly drawing first. I've, I've been thinking about really? that a lot because I've been interviewing other cartoonists. I've been doing some panels for the book launch
1: mm-hmm. and
4: with other cartoonists and starting you know, asking that specifically. And uh, and I did a lot of interviewing of cartoonists, but I don't think I asked that question. But that said, I, I've been looking at myself create in the last couple weeks thinking oh yeah i really do go start with the drawing um i'll have a i have this notebook that has um a lot of doodles on it and drawings and strange drawings and funny drawings and then lots of words that are picked out just what i pull out of my brain and put it down Mm. or find it from the newspaper because you'll see my cartoons they have a lot of words that are picked from the culture like uh, i did two risotto cartoons for the new yorker <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
4: back when risotto was a new thing a ridiculecchio cartoon um mm-hmm. uh, niche was being used in the in in politics once i used that so mm-hmm. i love trying to find those things and put them in in a sandbox or something like that mm-hmm. or in a doctor's office <laughs> uh,
0: it's hard for me to even understand what that means can can you think of an example where you just Drew a image first, and then had a caption. In other words, you can't just start. Maybe you can just start drawing a couple in a bed just randomly, and then think, "Oh, what would they say?" Yeah, like mm-hmm. that, yeah, that because that doesn't even seem. It would seem you'd have to come up with the idea, and then go, "Oh, that's good," and start drawing it, as opposed to just I'll draw something, and maybe I'll come up with a good cartoon.
4: No, that's that's sort of how I work. And you you draw the couple in bed, and then you just as you're drawing them, you're imagining who they are and what they might be saying to each other, or then you'll think, well, what's going on in politics right now? Could they be arguing or making reference to something that I heard on CNN yesterday, or, you know, is there going to be another strange element in the bed with them, like an animal or a inanimate object or So you start, you're, you're mentally playing with the scene. Um, uh, and that's how it works. I, I, when I started, I, was I loved captionless cartoons? I love. I was because uh, I was so quiet and shy. I just really didn't know how to use words that well. Although I I was well educated, <laughs> but um, I was scared. I was scared of words. So a lot my early cartoons were often wordless. And uh, I know I read somewhere that William Sean liked captionless cartoons, but they're hard to to maintain. They're hard mm-hmm. to keep going with those. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. very hard to do.
1: One of my favorite of your cartoons is, um, and I'm wondering if you drew this first or came up with the caption first. Is um, two women standing in a kitchen, and one's pouring a glass of wine, and one is wearing a funny vest. And one woman says, "Some wine with your vest." (laughs) It's just so funny to me because it's like it's like that the other woman couldn't get anything other than that vest off of her mind you know, so, because it's so bizarre so i just um, think that's so funny thank
4: you i think i drew that first and then the caption came out of her mouth but i i have to mm. i have to correct you because you're not the first person to think this but she's talking to a man he that's a man oh my person. gosh i that's thought it was does. another woman that's okay because oh, it changes so it doesn't it
1: <laughs> it does yeah. it yeah. does change it it does i think it's the I just pulled it up it's a little ponytail that uh Threw, threw me off. I think yeah, right. Sure. The, 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 the man has a little ponytail, but that's funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I'm glad you corrected me on that. <laughs> okay. I still love, I love the cartoon. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's one of my favorites.
4: <laughs> that's during a time when I started to draw um, my women speaking more, uh, more mm-hmm. and more. I forget when that was published, the eighties or late eighties or nineties. Uh, and I, if you look at a lot of the cartoons of mine during that time, there were more women speaking and women making fun of men. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, uh, you don't have to go to this party. It's men optional. Mm-hmm. Or I had a headache, but he went away. Things like that. And that was like, I was beginning to realize that I had that voice in me, that I had that, mm-hmm. that sort of snark. I didn't realize I had it. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here's an example of a great one. It's a woman talking to a man in bed. And it says, sure, why not? Everybody else does. Blame the economy. (laughs) Uh, Very finally as well. I just.
4: Yeah, that came from the news. Yeah. (laughs) Not recently, but I forget when that was.
3: Since we're talking about bedroom uh, cartoons here, it's the one that I had pulled up here because it just it it stopped me in my tracks. It's a a woman (laughs) in the bed. She's having a glass of wine. She's laying back. And there's a man nude vacuuming the floor <laughs> and the caption is now act like you like it <laughs> it's just, it's oh just... my
1: gosh
4: thank you
0: yeah okay. do you have a cartoon <laughs> that you, you have a cartoon that you think you're most known for
4: there is one that i think the new yorker brings out on social media regularly <clears throat> by regularly i mean like once a year or twice a year and it's gotten the most hits. It was like it, it was published a while ago, like a couple decades ago. And this past year, it got one of the best interne- uh, Instagram cartoons of the New Yorker. And it's a couple standing in front of a brownstone, that, uh, facing. They're facing each other, and she's saying to him, "I'd invite you in, but my life's a mess." Mm-hmm. Yes, I've seen oh. that. That yeah. one seems to be really popular. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So, how about the books? Well uh, you have a book out right now uh very mm-hmm. funny ladies
4: yeah well, um, what,
0: what inspired that the writing of uh of these books
4: The first ones I did were children's books and I've done nine altogether of those I wrote and illustrated them thats that was the first book I had was a, was a kid's book but um then when my when our first daughter was born uh I was so nervous about being a mother of a daughter or being a mother in general, but being a mother of a daughter. Cause you know, the stereotype like mothers and daughters and, and um, I thought, I, I thought of the idea of doing a book of, of other women's cartoons collected in a, in a, pub, in a book called mothers and daughters. That was the first adult book that I did. And that was fun. Cause I, I got a lot of my friends to cartoonist friends to uh, to contribute to that. And then then that led to like three more with Ballantine, I think. Ballantine books, which no longer, is it still around? I can't remember. And then um, in ni- and then uh, let's see, in in uh, nineteen ninety nine, I, I I came up with the idea of a of a book, a history of the women cartoonists of the magazine, um, and that that was funny ladies, and that was actual history. I spent a year in the New Yorker archives down at the. New York city public library researching. I looked at all the scrapbooks at the New Yorker of different cartoonists' work. This is before the internet. So I couldn't research online. And that was really fun. And that, uh, so that's a history came out in 2005 and, um, that was sort of in print ever since then with Prometheus. And then I did a uh, sex and sensibility, which I mentioned before, which was really fun with a bigger publisher. And then, um, when Do They Serve the Wine was a book with uh, um, Chronicle, and that was fun. It was about the different generations of women's lives and all the strange things our culture makes us do and the strange things that we do um, across the generations as women. And then what was after that? Then, then, then there was that publishing. Uh, it was a mini crash in our country in 2008, and publishing sort of changed after that um it's harder to publish a book <laughs>
2: mm.
4: I, I did one more book with a small press called women on men which is women making fun of men <laughs> i did some writing for that as well i think that's about it michael oh michael and i did a book together of course cartoon marriage was in there um yeah. before 2008 that was around that around to, i think it was 2010 it was published and that was really fun that was a good book <laughs>
0: And now it's very funny, ladies. Which is oh yes, equal. very funny, ladies.
4: Which is when when um, when Emma became editor, and we started having more and more women cartoonists. I realized that I needed to do an updated edition, and the publisher said yes because they, they he said they loved my book, which was nice to hear. I've never made any money off of it, but that's I don't care. Um, that's not why I did it, uh, and and so the new book has. It has a forward. I'm so proud. A forward by David Remnick and Emma Allen in conversation, which is really fun, and it's very interesting. And then I wrote a new introduction and a new chapter where I interviewed a lot of the a lot of the new cartoonists um, about it because it's just changed so much. Did, so did you learn
0: anything of note from interviewing the new female cartoonists? You know, in other words, did any idea of why there are more coming in now? Is it just for the fact that just You you see more and it just becomes more of a reality the more and more you see.
4: I think there's more to it than that, but I can't really. Well, I I guess that there is more to it than that. Um, Seeing it helps you be it. You know, if you Mm -hmm. see somebody else like you doing what you want to do, then you're like more emboldened to do it. But also, like I mentioned earlier, the the culture has changed. So there's more women practicing humor in all, all areas than ever before. Um, just a, I think there's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, an anthropologist, so I really can't speak to it in, in that way, but I just see culture changes. Women are more accepted as being funny and able to be funny. Christopher Hitchens can, he's gone. So he's the guy who said women aren't funny. And Jerry Lewis also is gone. And he's, he also said women aren't funny. So I think I did ask many i did that was one of my questions to the women i was interviewing have you ever heard that phrase that women aren't funny first of all and do you, do you ever hear it from anybody do you feel it in the culture and what's interesting is that some of them said it's that's ancient history I, you know i don't hear it i don't feel it but others said yes they do so go go figure you know it's still not it's still not quite right out there yet
0: What is your expectation in in 10 years time? Do you think it will be close to a 50, 50 split in the New Yorker? I think it
4: is now. I think it, I think it is
0: now. If I look at the weekly cartoon, I imagine there's more male drawn cartoons Mm -hmm. than female.
4: Yeah. So maybe there's more contributors still, but I think in 2017, uh, Michael Maslin, Michael Maslin pointed this out to me that, um, there was one issue in 2017 where there were more women cartoonists in the magazine than men. And that was a first in the history. Um, And that's when I, I thought, well, I have, I wasn't writing very funny ladies yet. um, But I thought I got, I got to mark this somehow. So I, Mm -hmm. I contacted Annelle Miller. Do you know her? She's the director of the society of illustrators in New York, which also has a cartoon floor for cartoon Mm -hmm. exhibits. And I said, I, I'd love to do a, a show, a curator show, cause I've done it before of women cartoons for the New Yorker because of this fact. And she said, yes. So we did a show, did an exhibit of women cartoons with some historical cartoons as well as modern cartoonists. And then we had a panel that night or the opening night, we had a panel. I created a panel of cartoonists. Um, don't ask me who they were cause I don't remember exactly. Um, but Emma Allen was on the panel, and Roz Chass was on the panel, and Carolita Johnson, I think, I can't, and Liana maybe. But anyway, um, there was a it, the house was packed, and the Society of Illustrators is three stories; it's a little townhouse. So the room where we were in was just standing room only. They sent people upstairs to the bar. To, to watch it from the screen up there. And there were people out the door around the corner waiting to get in. Wow. And it was such a shock that so many people wanted to, wanted to be there. We had just been on WNYC that, that morning that, that helped.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but also I learned later that D- David Remnick had to talk himself into the, 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 sh- the evening he had to, he had to convince them who he was. And then he sat on the floor so, <laughs> wow <laughs> I, you know, it was such a wonderful thing, and so surprising that um, there was such interest in in this that that women were were now succeeding uh, as equally as men at The New Yorker in cartooning yeah, and mm-hmm. uh,
0: that's great I, I guess yeah. that's the yeah. goal for it not to be a goal is is the goal right when you don't have to mm-hmm.
4: That's Look right. Yeah, that no, that we, I mean, I keep saying, I'm not going to write another book like this cause I don't have to anymore.
0: Right. Uh, and that's fantastic. That means, uh, yeah, thank you. That's great. And, uh, congrats to you for being one of the thank early pioneers of realizing you. that, uh, you can do it and proving that it is true. Thank you. Uh, we've had you for an hour now. We typically don't like to take oh, wow. longer than an hour. Um, Unless there's something else you wanted to mention, this has been fantastic.
4: Thank you. I, I really enjoyed it. Such great questions. Yeah, this
0: quest. is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Look forward to seeing more of your work. And uh, Thank you. I,
4: I will do my best. have
0: you have, do you have <laughs> Not more? Not always the, up
4: to me, you know. <laughs> do
0: you have more in the
4: caption contest, Hopper, with them? I just sold one this week. For the caption contest? Yep. I haven't drawn it yet. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And uh,
3: looking forward to it.
4: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who do you have lined up next to to be interviewed after me? We, got
1: next we have David Cypress coming. Yeah, David mm-hmm. Cypress in a is... couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm.
4: and,
0: uh, probably uh, uh, not confirmed, but Charlie Hankin, I believe, will be uh, will be on. Uh...
4: He's fun. Yeah, I know both those guys. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's about as far out as we've gotten so far.
4: <laughs> how many years have you been doing this? Just a little, a little over, a over year. one.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah, and yeah, we started when last February, so just like thirteen months. Wow. Mm-hmm.
4: And and you're getting more and more listeners, I assume.
0: Yeah, it's growing every week, and uh, great. I'm very thankful for how uh, gracious the cartoonists are with their time. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't actually know we'd be able to get the cartoonist at the, at the rate that we are. So it's. uh, Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. uh, Cartoonists in general are very uh, happy to come on and uh, we've been very thankful of that.
4: Why not? We like to talk about what we do. I think for the most part,
3: you you like to hear people laugh. That's, that's what I think is a big part of it is that they don't hear people laugh that often. It's just, they get to come on here and talk and get the, your people laugh at what they say
4: yeah it's true did you How I don't know do I, did Ted, I did a TED talk in 2010 and uh, it was a real shock to me when people laughed it was you know I used I used cartoons along with my words cartoons behind me and um, you can see in the video of me on stage when the first laughter comes out of the audience I like I, I kind of like like move back a little bit like oh my god <laughs> what yeah, is because- that Because
1: you usually don't see how people react to your cartoons. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: interesting. Yeah.
3: We, we've had cartoonists come on. they say they, they've missed their stop in the subway. So just so that they can see somebody
4: who has the magazine,
3: (laughs) the New Yorker, just to wait until they got to their
4: cartoon and see the reaction. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who said that? That's pretty funny. Uh,
1: Drew. Uh, Drew Drew. said it. And and I think um, Chris Wyant said it also. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) so funny so uh, yeah and i'm the proud owner of uh of one of michael's um originals i don't know if you oh, can great. see it can you see it it's
4: which one uh, is it i can
1: it's the the overweight man sitting at a bar on the beach and the bartender is handing him a t-shirt and it says courtesy of the woman the woman at the end of the bar courtesy <laughs> of the lady at the end of the bar <laughs> i love it that's great <laughs> i love it my husband
4: well congrats on your success with this podcast thank you thank you very much welcome and um you have a website do you have a website i don't even know i'm sorry i didn't uh, go
0: Ooh. wait it's it's in the works but
3: we
4: don't have
1: yeah, any website. We don't. okay we have a facebook page yeah. um, for the podcast yeah, and, very uh,
3: minimal but yeah, yeah we do have one
1: mm-hmm. and, and we have an instagram page yeah. And, okay. Yeah, I yeah. think I follow you
4: on Facebook, but not Instagram. Yeah. So if you if you do post anything, I um I have a new I have a news newsletter, Substack, and um I have a Medium column, and then my website.
1: Great. Okay. Yeah, we'll send you the link to the um to the podcast when it airs, probably great. later this week. All right, it w- right. It'll definitely be later this week. Yeah. Okay. Great.
0: Yeah, and we'll link your uh, website in the show notes where all your books can be found. And uh, that will be in the show notes of the episode. Okay, great. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Liza.
4: Have a good night. Bye. 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 Bye.